Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Good morning as well. Good to see you in the room. Good to see you online. And we're continuing uh, a series, but that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface to do justice to the name that is greater than every other name. And when we strip all things away, as this year we've been focused on what would we want our roots to be in? Because when the storms of life come, they come. We'd want our roots to be in Jesus, the God-man, his community, his people, but also in the land or the region he's placed us in, Lansing 517 and beyond, so that each person, no matter where they're at, they can be rooted in Jesus, in his people, but also amongst and with all people. It's all connected. And we conceptually kind of went through, or here would be the roots, but here's the taproot, Jesus. Jesus. And there's the argument that is not without flaws, but helpful for us, liar, lunatic, or Lord. And this month, we started out saying, hey, we're obviously stating the name of Jesus. We're here gathering, stirring one another up in love that we claim Lord. And there is no one more beautiful than this Lord. But we have to unravel, unpack so much that we already bring to the table. And let's just look at Jesus fresh and new. And as he shows up on the scenes in Mark's gospel, Mark's gospel is quick, it's right to the point. If you want cliff notes, you just, I mean, he, he'd probably be preaching on TikTok today or something. Just making sure, okay, let's just get right to it. And you, Jesus shows up on the scene, he gets baptized and The gospel story, the good news of Jesus is a family story, a family story of a triune God, but a father and a son, quite a profound mystery, but also to get his sons and daughters back in relationship, one with God, one with each other. And there's this crazy cool moment how it starts out where Jesus gets baptized Jesus in obscurity, just living normal day-to-day, living anonymous 30 years, and here he comes, and John the Baptist baptizes him, and, and he comes up out of the water, and the father says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It's foundational, because if that's what God says about Jesus before he ever did anything, that's inerrant worth, that's identity, That is a love story. That's my son I love, and I'm pleased with him. Well, Jesus, what did you do? He didn't do anything yet. It's his son. So when we are in Jesus, we are loved, and the Lord is pleased with us because it's his robe. He clothes us. This is so contrary because we want to earn, we want to pay back, we want to add value, but the work on the cross, it is finished As they were singing in the worship song, the veil is torn, whoa. So 
I am a child of God that the Father is pleased with. You can go back and revisit that. And then we're looking, okay, how's Jesus start to show up on the scene? He's recruiting people and he's getting accused of being too close with those he shouldn't be associated with. But when Jesus is associated with somebody, it doesn't always mean he agrees, but he is going after those who are forgotten, lost. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. So Jesus comes to seek and to save that which is lost. And so he's getting looked at as he's sitting with the tax collectors. Oh, he's, look at him, he sits with sinners. But not knowing that every single one of us, that's the great equalizer. We're all dead in sin. He would make us uncomfortable today at the tables he would sit at. And the table's a sign that he's trying to make peace and he's breaking bread. And here would be Jesus who would become the ultimate, final, perfect sacrifice to atone. And the tax collectors he sits with that are seen as traitors because we, and this is, this is key, because we want to frame it as um, today, we want Jesus to alleviate all pain and we want Jesus to, to be in power and rule over everything, but how he came to get power and give power is contrary because we want it to be through political means or some domineering structure, and so did the leaders of that day because they're oppressed under the Roman rule. So there's no way that he could be the Messiah. Look, he's sitting with the traitors that are actually having deals with the Romans and they're taking profit on top of it and they're one of us. No way, this can't, is this the profit they're talking about? Why isn't he working through the religious structures of the time? Because Jesus just rips every structure apart. He's coming close to get back what? People. People are not commodities to God. This isn't some transactional thing. It's just not how God wants to work. But we want it to work that way. Because we get clouded, and specifically, I would speak to us in our context, growing up, we have to come to the table. I hope today, when we enter, today is enter the master class of Jesus, and we looked on Mother's Day that Jesus is for the ladies, y'all. He's a ladies' man. I don't know if I would name that sermon that again. I was like, oh, gosh. Especially as soon as I saw it online, I was like, somebody's going to email me, but no one did because I think you got to be real and raw just to kind of be in this squad in the first place. And then we understand, oh, he was with the woman at the well. Yeah, dang. And today, when he's teaching this master class, I think um, a little warnings for us as we continue. One, power distorts. When you're looking for power or want power, um, it's key to know why we even have power or why power would exist because in nature, it can cloud our judgment or distort our ability to genuinely serve and not want to stack the deck in your own favor. And I think the better filter would be that Jesus is coming to unlock purpose. Purpose, of course, has power, but power in its appropriate order that gives an account. It's about a king and a kingdom. And so Jesus, during his campaign, he's gonna connect some dots that it's all one story, that the God of the Old Testament, the God that Moses spoke of, the God that led his people out of Egypt is to eventually lead all people that come and profess Jesus out of the slavery of sin to be in the kingdom of heaven. 
But if we want power just for now and in our context growing up in America, most of the things we watch, people speak our language, most of the things we watch are uh, either created or America has its ability to be in power that we somehow synonymously think that country can be associated with kingdom, but it's not. So if you've been around city life for a while, you know we're always trying to separate the two so we can healthily serve and see things in its proper order. But, but today, just like my shirt, is about a king. He's a king, and he has a kingdom, but his kingdom is not giving you what in me, how his class is not a fun one you'd want to enter because especially being oppressed to go back then in that time and day that the children of Israel, the people of God are under control by the Romans. We're waiting for the Messiah to show up in power and take his throne and be inaugurated so that we can be in charge now. We're God's people, the promised land. But this kingdom is not only a land, but what is the promise is this mystery that it's in me and you. Cool? You still with me? Okay. So let's enter the master class of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, which is famously kind of coined as the Beatitudes, which is from Latin, uh, blessed are. Beatitudo, I believe it is in Latin. Blessed are. So Beatitudes. This is where it comes from. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew's gospel is specifically trying to tell the Jews of that time, saying, no, 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 no. The Messiah you've waited for, let me connect the dots. Moses then was preaching about what Jesus is extending here right now. So to get that, he's, he, as a rabbi, as a teacher, he's giving his take on the Torah, so they're listening, leaning in, and, and, and they're not going to necessarily like what they hear because they're like, okay, skip the class, skip the class. When are we in charge? And even the followers of that time, when do we get to sit at the right hand? You know? Parents, you know this. You'll pop up with the kids, and the kids will be like, well, I get it. I'm, I, when do I get to go? And you got to go this, and I get to handle this. You know, it's just this level of like, when do I get mine? <laughs> All right, Jesus teaches. Verse 1, chapter 5. When he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. This language is key. Who else went up on the mountain? Moses. To meet with God. And came back with what? The law. And here's going to be the full beauty and perfecter of the law, teaching us of how this law would be lived out. His disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them. Saying, and, and I want to pause there for a moment. I've struggled over the years with the idea that Jesus is teaching. Because again, I have to reset what, is, what, what I'm already coming to the table. So if I come to the table being like, God, I, I don't know. Even today, man, even though I've heard this a lot of times, I might not know. God, help me, help me, you know? And teach me, train me. And because when I hear teach, look, shout out to the teachers. I love, we serve in the schools. We love the schools. We're about it now. I have a healthy view of what education is and isn't. <laughs> Private, public, and all in between, and both and. Let's, let's go. But when I hear teaching early on, I'm like, dude, this is so boring. Following Jesus, there's a class? No way. Now you get your teachers. Some are awesome. But some are just like, sit down, I told you so. It's not a teacher. A teacher leads you to think and 
Now, hey, again, I, look, we got five kids in the Lansing School District here. We love it. Yeah, yeah, shout out. That's <laughs> Dr. Principal over there. For real, though, like, that's beautiful. But you know all classrooms aren't the same. Just like all people who interpret, interpret the Torah and talk about God, they're not the same. So here's Jesus when he's gonna teach. Oh, oh, wow, wow. Like, yes, sir, here I am. Speak, your servant's listening. Then he began to teach them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble. Other translations you might be familiar with, meek. For they will inherit the earth. Inherit the earth is such a key language to hold on to because the promised land took us out of Egypt, so we're gonna get a land. But we're gonna get a land by being humble? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart or pure in thought, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad. Jesus, do we have to pay for this master class? Because you just told us that if we get insulted or persecuted and people say evil against your followers, that you say be glad and rejoice in the next sentence. Can I ask you to expound? <laughs> That'd be a fair. You know, you're in the lecture and you're like, uh, teacher Jesus, Rabbi Jesus, with all due respect, we've been hearing about you. But come on, man. Let's pick up the sword. Let's do some work. Let's get this party started. This is your, this is your big moment. And Matthew brings all these teachings together to teach us how foreign the kingdom would be to our native flesh, would be to our uh, political structures in place, would be to everything that we know in the natural, but true, everything we can sense in the depths of our soul, that when we lose, we win. Because your reward is great in heaven. That's key. He's saying, if you focus just on today, and if you just want land now, you might miss what I'm doing forever. So the power that you seek today could distort and cloud your judgment that I wanna unlock purpose in you. Purpose not just for now, the kingdom of heaven comes fully now through him, but also for what he's doing when he makes all things new. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Connecting that this is the Moses you've heard and taught and the prophets, the way they were treated. I know you want to have the full remedy of that now and we will get glimpses of that. 
I, we believe in the, the, the kingdom of heaven being manifested through vocation, through uh, us, you know, saved by his good work for good works. But when our good works don't work or when we take two steps forward and four back, are we still winning? This is key. Lean into this moment. How do we define a win and what do we think is success? Because on the cross, later after this, if he uttered, it is finished, what can me and you add to the finished work of Christ? What did he accomplish? Reconciliation with us and God. The veil is torn. Now, you don't got to go to the temple to get the presence of God. Hey, God already left the building then because of the sins of the people. And now he left the building now because we're the temple on the move, that we're the royal priesthood everywhere we go. This isn't some like Sunday come connect and that's it. Like you're the kingdom on the move and how we live out the kingdom, blessed are, blessed is a way deeper understanding than how we're, we would say, we say like God bless you if somebody sneezes. I, I, think, I think the origin of that is either, there's, there's two things that I've heard is one, they believe that y- 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 you, know, you could die and an evil spirit could enter your soul. So God bless you. And, you know, and then the second one is that your, your heart skips a beat or whatever and you could, like, we, we need God. Like, don't die. So that's kind of where the origin came from. Uh, God bless you, you know, bless you, bless you, bless you. And we say blessings because only God can bless you and me, we can't. We can be a blessing, but it's God blessing us. And, and it's also translated happy, that, that I'm happy because I know who I'm in beyond what's happening now. And this is where it's really tough. The rubber meets the road because that's not how I want it to go. I want to write the story my way. I do. And this is why it's not always helpful for when I think back how I define a win or how I define success is because growing up and being on the come up, it, it, you know, sports specifically, I never fell in love with competing. I fell in love with winning. When people are like, I just like to compete. Like, so I don't play sports. I, I don't like to compete. It's not fun. When you know you can't win, you're like, ah, take my ball. And you want to go home. That kid. No, I can't play. I'm done. Not feeling good. And he's a bad loser. He's a sore sport. And I was. I had an anger problem out of control. People would just let me win sometimes. <laughs> I was that dude. <laughs> like, he's not going to be fine. And just keep playing. You want to go? You want to go again? Double or nothing. Double or nothing. Dude, you just broke the windows in your barn. I, yeah, but that was just an anger outlast moment. Come on. Double or nothing. Double or nothing. Double or nothing. Did he just inject? Was that a true story? Yeah, that was still a G-rated version. It was that bad. I wanted to win. And then, you know, even kind of battle rapping was under this idea that bravado or somehow we, we got to flex would, would impress. And ultimately, it was, it was a mirage. And in that can be good versions of both, right? They're not, it's not bad. Sports are good. God created everything and it is good. But how it's used is important. Sports aren't bad. Music ain't bad. You could battle rap for the Lord. Once I got saved, I battle rapped one time in this dude. It was in Detroit. He said some crazy stuff. I don't even want to repeat it. It was really bad. And then I was just super positive. It was good. I was battle rapping on Good Friday. And so I was just preaching about Good Friday. And, you know, it was by show of hands and whoever wins. 
so he, it was his, he was on home court. So who wins, you know, like one, the little church kid who came with me cheered like for me. <laughs> and then everyone cheered for the other. I was like, okay. And I was getting ready to leave. And I walked all the way through. This was in St. Andrew's Hall, if you're familiar with that spot. It was in the basement. So I come up out and I'm getting ready to go. And I'm getting ready to go out the car. And, this, and he comes and comes to get me. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, dude, I did not come here for this tonight. And he's like, yo. And I was like, what's up? He goes, hey, I didn't mean what I was saying, man. It's all good. Like, respect. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool, you know? <laughs> it's all good. Like, and, if, and if he did mean it, I was like, it's probably time to leave. But if he did, if, you know, but that was how you battle rap. And it was not bad. But when I'm trying to paint a picture of how do we define winning? How do we define power? Was it once I get the degree, now it's all good? Oh, once I get the job, yeah. You imagine the audience hearing that, and he's saying, blessed are, come on, we're going to rule and reign, God. Blessed are them. No, no, no. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That You know you can't do anything apart from God. So let me give a filter as we get ready to close here in just a few moments, but pursuing power versus living purpose, to think through these two things. Pursuing power, if that's our only intent, can cloud judgment and increase temptations to compromise. Not 100%, but it can increase it. If our goal is, yeah, I just want to win. I got to get the degree. Just watch any movie ever. What illustration do you have? Life. Turn on the news. Everywhere you go. Talk big, talk big, get there. And it's like, yeah, we got to get ours. Corruption creeps in. And then we often think, well, if I was there, I wouldn't do it. Not so fast. So what happens. Kings get in power and they forget where the power comes from. But purpose, pursuing that, it brings clarity and conviction in the small and big arenas because success is that we're with God. We get to be with God, Emmanuel, in everything we do. Through a drought or through abundance when we got so much crop, we got God. That's what the distinct thing is. That's how we're blessed. Blessed, how can we be happy? Because the fingerprints of God, that he's doing it. It's God. It's God. So worship team, if you guys would come up front, um, kind of play, God created music and uh, playing like a, a, a bed to, we're going to pray. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pray because we're going to plead and petition that prayer, we often want prayer to change our setting or what's happening but prayer changes us like God. And if Jesus in his masterclass is teaching these very tough beatitudes, I don't want to assume and say, mm, yep, I got that in me. I want to pray and say, God, and I want to lead us today to say, I, I don't always feel humble. I don't want to mourn for sin. I don't want to be pure in heart all the time, but you are. And if you're living in me, that's a game changer if I believe you're the king in the kingdom. So going back, let's look at these Beatitudes. Verse three. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit. So kind of rapid fire. Okay, what is poor in spirit? When life has beat you down, you know what it means to be poor in spirit because your spirit ability can't change what's happening. You need your spirit to be resurrected. You need God to do it. And then next up, you would say, blessed are those who uh, 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 mourn, if I read verse four, Jerome, for they will be comforted. Mourn how? Mourn saying, God, forgive us of sin. Forgive who of sin? I know we like to call out sin, but you know where this first starts? In the house of God, followers of Jesus Christ, that we would mourn and grieve. Not only over, the, right now, somebody's thinking of somebody who's sinning. You might be thinking of somebody in the room. You're like, yeah, that person really, need, we need to mourn for them. No, no, do we mourn first for the log that's in our own eye? So maybe just hit the keys. That'd be awesome. And blessed are the humble. Who's humble? Philippians 2. Let's show what humility looks like. Verse 6. Who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. This is about Jesus. Instead, he emptied himself out by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeliness of humanity. And when he came as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. There's no other way in the kingdom of God than the humility of a servant. And our why is not because you and me serve and we're special. It's because Jesus served and Jesus served us. And he's still serving us by his spirit through his people that we get to be like him to humble ourselves. And then going back to verse six in Matthew five, and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. To wanna live right. But this is key for us to remember, we can only live right because of the one who lived right, Jesus. So he's righteous. And when I'm in him, he starts to change me. And blessed, verse seven, blessed are the merciful. Wait, what? Yeah, compassion. Friend, everything God does is always led with compassion. And compassion comes on the inside. Only me and you know if we have it. Because you can do the deed but it could be just out of obligation. Compassion is what God can do. Mercy is what God can do. And we remember God showed me mercy. How can I not show someone else mercy? And then we wanna have a quota. Well, how many times do I gotta forgive? 70 times seven. I mean, Jesus has a high bar. No one can live it. Which is why at some point what happens is when we follow Jesus, we wanna just be like, I'm done with the master class, dude. You taught me enough, I'm saved. And now I'm gonna start going to the class on how to take over. Let me get in this business program. Let me figure out how to promote this campaign. Let me, you know what I mean? And then we just assume that we're actually in the will of God. 
And I, and I don't know how this all plays out. It's quite a mystery. But, but, I, but I do sense that the, what Jesus is, is actually imparting in us is the qualities of the kingdom from the depths of our soul that when we win is really when we lose. That the kingdom we long to see now is a kingdom that is opposite to how everyone else wants to obtain their throne. King Jesus is about people. And so that's what the mercy means. And that pure in heart, what is going on? How will I see God? To have my thoughts be washed new. Here we get a thought and you're like, where'd that thing come from? Yeah, it happens all the time. Peacemakers. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. Okay, so here's where we'll go as we leave this place. First is the only way that we're really blessed and the kingdom that's lived out, Jesus is the fulfillment of all of this. He's the opposite uh, of poor in spirit. We're rich in spirit in Jesus. There, there will be no more mourning for sin or death. Oh, death, where's your sting? Jesus will be comforted by Emmanuel, the spirit here now. Humble, we can be humble because we know who's in charge, Jesus. We hunger and thirst for righteousness because Jesus shows us the way that is right. We understand being merciful because he's been merciful to us. Jesus is pure in heart. Jesus is a peacemaker. And Jesus ultimately was willing to accept all of the persecution for all evil for our sin. Wow. That's how much he loved to be associated with us. So let's pray. And I don't know what your prayer posture is. And try, quite truthfully, I don't care. So there is no special way to pray. And kids are amazing. God gives us a template how to pray. You know, uh, he tells us in Matthew 6, the next chapter. But there's examples of prayer where the person prays really big and really long and God doesn't hear that prayer. And then there's the other person that's basically like, forgive me, I'm a beep, beep, beep. God help me and God hears that prayer I've always thought one time if I was just to unedit it and just do it like what would happen you know if you just swear because you heard somebody swear this week come on now but we try to play clean in church like oh I got my church prayer language on I got my church I'm churched up no 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 gathering of people in the name of Jesus that are sinners saved by grace we love because he first loved us we had no way to become let in. And our prayer is just basically, God, help me. I'm a sinner. And you know what he does? When we put our faith in Jesus, he makes you brand new. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it, but he makes you brand new. So the first prayer I would just pray in your heart, and I, you don't have to do it here. You don't have to do it with me. It's just say, Jesus, take me. And secondly, we want to live this kingdom out. We want to live what uh, our rabbi's teaching us on how to make this what Moses started uh, with the mountain with God, which Jesus is now living. So we're going to pray each verse in us. You might want to stand. You might just want to close your eyes. And I'll lead us. But pray in your mind or pray with me. Pray out loud. And let's pray that God would put these beatitudes in us. God, you said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Let's go back to verse 3. You said, blessed are the poor in spirit. God, help us identify with this today. That it's not just 
it's not about possessions and being poor with not having things. It's about understanding that our spirit can't do anything without you. We are poor without you. God, today we mourn over the sin that's in our own life. We mourn and we say, God, forgive us. God, we pray today that you would make us humble. And when you humble us, it's humiliating. But today we posture ourselves and we humble ourselves and we say, God, you're in charge. God, we pray for hunger and thirst for what is right. We ask today by the power of the Holy Spirit, something new would happen. New wells of living water would happen right here, right now. God, we pray that we would be people of mercy. We pray that we would not forget how you love us, how you've been merciful to us, how you're merciful to us right here, right now. The mercy seat. God, we pray that you will give us a purity, a purity in our heart, in our thoughts, in the purpose of why we're made to worship you and to walk with you and to work with you. And God, we pray that no matter what is said or what happens or how evil continues to move in the kingdom of darkness that we would remember we're in the kingdom of heaven that the righteousness of Jesus is better than any promotion and if a promotion comes that it would be done in the right way we would recognize who it comes from and whoever we're serving we're serving as a person that is ultimately serving God And we pray that we remember how blessed we are. That we're happy because of what you've done. We're happy because of how you've marked us. We're blessed, y'all. Before we leave, can we seal the day? Um, and not like a seal as far as like on a package to make sure no one ate off it. If you get food delivered, you want you like when the seal's on it because you want to know that the driver wasn't, you know, grabbing some fries out the bag. You know, you, you like when it's sealed. So in the spirit of like a package for this time we've had together, worship is this fragrance. We're asking the Holy Spirit, will you preserve in what you've taught us today, teach, teacher Jesus in your master class, Lord Jesus, King Jesus. And... What a cool picture that the veil is torn. But it's not a picture, it's a truth. That you can come boldly into the presence of God. That apart from Jesus, you and I would die in the presence of God. But because of Jesus, we can come boldly and say, God, I love you. With no shame. Not with our head down. In the presence of God, the veil is torn. Jesus is not just a teacher. He's our king. He's our Lord. He's our master. He's our friend. And God is closer than the air we breathe because of the name Jesus. Let's sing, y'all. The veil is torn, the doors fling wide to see glory as I run inside your throne room before you I bow. Because he's worth it, he's worth it. The veil is torn. The doors fling wide, I see glory as I run Picture that, we 
run inside the throne to run inside realize when you leave this room, when you leave whatever room you're in watching this, that life can be unfair, can be hard, can be filled with celebratory moments as well. But it has highs and lows. And I want to encourage you and pour courage in your heart right now that the God of the mountaintops is also the God who will walk through us, with us, through the valley. And to remember what we really have through the ups and the down, the person who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus. So know who, whose you are. You're loved by God. You've been bought by a high price. Jesus calls you 
a son and a daughter. You carry as a royal priesthood everywhere you go. So if so-called kings in this world don't treat you right, just remember, there's a king in a kingdom that Jesus is teaching us that we can live like. For this life is temporary, for the kingdom we'll have is forever. So be encouraged in that. Walk with confidence, walk with boldness. If you want to become a member here, we would love to live life together because we can't do this alone. We are better together. We need a team, we need a family. And we'd love to be on that journey together. You can learn more about City Life after the next service, come in in person. You could email if you want and we would get you the material to get connected to God and each other, what he's doing here specifically at his local expression of what he's doing globally. Come back. It'll be right after the second service and it'll be in the shared room. And then we'll be here next week. We're continuing the series of the greatest name of all time, the greatest person of all time, Jesus. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. Come on, 10.30, 11.30 next Sunday. That's what's going down. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we're not going to stop until Jesus Christ himself comes back and he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives, y'all.